Next on BYU Sports Nation, debut dominance. What's the greatest opening act in the history of BYU athletics? Former BYU baseball ace Maverick Buffo had quite the debut after being promoted. He will join us live, as will the play-by-play voice of the Northern Illinois Huskies, Bill Baker. And BYU football's video game rating for the 2018 season, plus Eric Mika's new professional basketball home. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, July 10th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with video game all-rookie team performer Jason Shepard. I I don't know if this is... It's, it's probably not um, like PC to admit this, but I, I'm not a huge gamer. Um, <gasps> you're going to need to leave Studio B right now. <laughs> now, like now, like sports video games, I've I've always been into more. But I'm not like the like the first person shooter. I don't, I don't get into any of that stuff. Like the, I don't I don't know if I missed it or I don't know what it was. But I haven't even played like a sports video game for like a couple of years. Okay, I I can understand that because life happens. You have four ninos. Indeed. It's very, very busy. Okay? <laughs> I understand that. But what's, what's the – just answer this question for me. What's the greatest video game of all time? Do you, do you have uh, an the opinion video, on this? Greatest video game or sports video game? Just both. The greatest video game of all time is Super Mario Brothers, the original. Okay, the original, the original. Super Mario Brothers. That is, that is the one there, – there's only been one Christmas that I truly remember. There was one thing I wanted, and it, that was the only thing I wanted, and it was going to be do or die whether or not I got that, and it was the original Nintendo in 1985. Did you get it? I got it. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, I got it. I thought you were going to tell me you didn't get it, and I it was didn't the worst get it, Christmas and, ever. And it completely changed my life for the negative. <laughs> I've never forgiven my parents. <laughs> but okay? no, I just I – just, it's not – been a thing for me video games just haven't been a big especially like in the last 10 years jason you're putting yourself on an island here man. no i'm fine with that i realize i'm in the minority on this (laughs) okay greatest sports video game greatest sports video game is either double dribble (laughs) or uh or nba jam yeah okay nba jam is an acceptable answer double dribble Double dribble. Just go and go onto YouTube and Google <laughs> double dribble dunk highlights. <laughs> yeah, and who are the LA Frogs or the Boston Frogs and the LA Waves? Like, come on, man. Hey, they didn't have the rights back then, okay? <laughs> All the blood's flowing now. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Jason, let's start with this. Our guy, Maverick Buffo, Mm -hmm. once again swiped right. (laughs) Had an amazing debut (laughs) over the weekend. Eight innings, no earned runs, dominating performance to help his Toronto Blue Jays single-A advanced team in the Florida State League win big. It got us thinking, all right, Mavs debut at the next level of pro ball, pretty impressive. Which BYU athlete had the greatest debut of all time? The fun part about this is there are a lot of performances to choose from. 
But the very first thing that popped into my head when this topic was brought up this morning was Tanner Mangum. The very first thing. We're talking about a guy that had just come off his mission. He had been home one month, and because of the injury to Taysom Hill, he gets thrown into the mix and does not look look overwhelmed at all. This is a guy that came in and just looked poised, and maybe he just didn't have time to think about it. But he came in, he finished with seven, he was 7 of 11 for 111 yards and a touchdown. And oh yeah, by the way, that touchdown on the rollout in Nebraska, Hail Mary, game-winning touchdown, no time left. Yeah, that's a pretty good debut. That's where I'm going. I'm going with Tanner Mangum. Probably to his benefit, right? The uh, naivete of the moment. Where it's just like, okay. Yeah, I just got to go do this. Let's go do this. You don't really have much time to think about it. You just go and perform. Yeah, recency bias is going to say Tanner Mangum. And it's going to be hard to beat that because it produced one of the greatest moments in BYU football history. But if we're talking about debut performances and not just and I'm going to set this up with a scenario that was so critical and so important to the hearts and minds of all BYU football fans and that was the end of Lavelle Edwards career BYU was four and six in the year 2000 going into the home finale against New Mexico Lavelle Edwards turned to young Brandon Doman who was buried down the quarterback depth chart for most of his BYU football career tried to move him to safety Doman wanted to be a quarterback. He was adamant about it. Okay? No pressure, kid. It's Lavelle's home finale. And here comes Gordon B. Hinckley into the locker room. <laughs> the prophet's there. Don't worry about it. And jokes, uh, it's his last home game. Don't screw it up. <laughs> okay? So Doman leads BYU to a dominating victory to send Lavelle off into the sunset, at least in his home coaching career. Then he goes on the road against Utah, and on 4th and 13, with a minute to play, finds Jonathan Pittman downfield, just across midfield, throws to Pittman again for another long ball, and then scores the game-winning touchdown with 24 seconds to play against the Utes. Unbelievable debut by Brandon Doman as the starting quarterback for BYU in the home finale for Lavelle and Lavelle's last miracle. I can't think of a more dramatic debut than what Doman did for me. And it set up BYU for an incredible 2001 season. Beyond the joy of him crossing the goal line and beating Utah, the second best part of that highlight was knowing I was right on the goal line. Incredible. I was on the sideline at the goal line. I could see it. It's beautiful. I will never forget that. Yeah, yeah. And let's throw in this. I know there are some of you saying, you young bucks, you're not, you're not remembering what Mark Wilson did in 1977. Unbelievable. Comes in for Gifford Nelson, broke his leg, throws six touchdown passes against Colorado State. Uh, I think BYU found their <laughs> next great quarterback. Uh, yesterday marked five years since EA Sports released its last NCAA football video game. It's a sad time. Uh, Again, to the video games. Yes, but, it, you know, it's all about the kids. Staying with the video game theme, since there will be no video game this year that will rank oh. the Cougars, Spencer, what would your video game ranking be for BYU football this year? Five years. I want to go home tonight and play NCAA football 14. I will do that. Okay, now that we're thinking about this. Very, uh, people are getting very nostalgic about this. Yeah, well, they should. It was the great, in my mind, that's the greatest sports game ever, NCAA football. Really? That whole series. Like, I know Madden football is the most popular probably worldwide. 
to me, it was college football. Okay. Especially when you can update the rosters and play with the current players. Yeah, thanks, Mr. O'Bannon. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, as for the question, the video game ranking that I would give BYU is one of the harder questions that I have to answer this year because there is so much mystery. And with recency bias in play coming off a 4-9 and nine season, it's like, well, give the Cougars a D plus. It's like that's what most of the country is. Las Vegas Superbook has BYU winning five games this year. That's yeah, so going they, down. I don't like that. They put the Cougars at like a D plus level, which would be like I don't know, high sixties on a scale of zero to one hundred. I think BYU right now deserves to be somewhere in the mid to high seventies. Let's see what they have. I mean, you, you want to look at what Tanner Mangum did as a freshman? Are we, are we rating him as a freshman, or are we rating what he did in Ty Detmer's offense last year? Because it is two opposite ends of the spectrum. I'd say mid-70s to high-70s, so if you wanted to give that a grade like a C or a C+, I think BYU is going to perform better than that, but I'd probably start them at a C-level grade like 74, 75 right now. What about See, you? That, that's where I'm thinking. Right now... I think both you and I, and, and quite frankly, Jerem, we expect them to probably be better than that. But right now, with so many unknowns, it's it's difficult to give them anything higher than, than like an average score. So I'm with you. Right around a C, right around 70% or so is probably where I think it's legit. Yeah. The real question is, what will BOE be rated at the end of the 2018 season? Let's refresh uh, this yes. in Vo- a couple of months. Voodoo magic. Use your voodoo magic to predict that. You mentioned the, uh, the sports book. Uh, uh-huh. I was at Vegas this past weekend, and I was with my seven-year-old. First of all, he kept wanting to play all of the games. You took your seven-year-old to Las Vegas, We Jason? were walking through to go to, like, Summer League stuff. He kept wanting to play the games. Uh, <laughs> and then when he read on the marquee that's like a sports book, he kept asking, Dad, can we go to the sports book? Just because it had the word sports in it, I kept saying, nah, we're, we're not going to go to the sports book. <laughs> <laughs> all, he, oh. all he saw was it was sports, and he thought it would be fun to go what to. What a classic father-son memory. <laughs> Vegas going to the sports book with my seven-year-old. Did not go. I Just... got a great Vegas story I need to tell you about later on in the show that involves my marketing teacher and what you should never do with your child in a casino. <laughs> that later to come. Uh, we're talking about football game ratings and the video game sort. If you look at the offensive line, BYU might have something there. The grade probably gets bumped up. Depth is always a hot topic for BYU football. Which BYU position group has the most depth? Blaine Fowler offered his opinion yesterday. I feel better about this offensive line. Like, I can name 10 guys. I would be just fine if any of those 10 started on the offensive line. And I haven't been able to say that for I don't know how many years. Wow. 10 guys that could... legitimately start and play significant reps on the offensive line. Jason, if it's not the offensive line, which BYU position group has the most depth? I think it is the offensive line. I I think it's 100% the offensive line, and I'm not sure that it's close right now. This has been a priority for several seasons. It's not just this coaching staff. It's the previous coaching staff that were working with the offensive line. They have guys, to, to Blaine's point, they have guys who will start and who will be backups who have been in the program for a while. They know what to expect. Now, granted, there's, there will be a little bit of a scheme change this year. But in terms of getting the guys to the physical play that they want, like the, the bodies have changed for the offensive linemen over the last couple of BYU's years. BYU's trying to get back that 
NFL, yes. tough-minded, nasty offensive yes. lineman mentality. This has been a process for the last couple of years, and I think this is the year where you start to reap those rewards. I think day one, this is, this is a position group that can hit the ground running. Now, this is interesting because BYU lost three significant contributors yes. last year, including the center that started every game of his career, essentially, T. John Karoma. With my Chiefs, by the way. T. John Karoma is gone, and yet here we are saying, oh, it's the offensive line. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the most balanced and has the most depth of any position group, and I agree 100%. You know what? I think Tristan Hodge is going to be an absolute star and a beast for this BYU football team. James Empey also is going to come into the mix and I think make a difference. Jacob Jimenez, like we can go on and on. There are a lot of guys that are capable of doing good things on this BYU offensive line. I'm not going to list all of them because we could spend a long time doing it. But right now, I'm with Blaine and Jason. It's the offensive line. What I mean, what's number two? Maybe that's the real question is what's the second most uh, second position group you feel most comfortable with or has the most depth? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess right now the first, the first thing that would come to mind is maybe linebacker? Maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's the topic that we discuss moving forward. Speaking of topics that people like to discuss, oh boy, this is one that especially every year it seems to be brought up, and it's been brought up again recently. Who's the greatest NBA player? Okay, is it MJ? <laughs> is it LeBron? And by the way, the answer is Michael Jordan. <laughs> An interesting wrinkle was put, in, and I, I love LeBron, but it's still MJ. An interesting wrinkle was put into the argument when the Utah Jazz actually chimed in with a suggestion to not forget Kobe Bryant. Ah, naturally, you would bring up the Jazz, Jason. Well, I'm just, they are the ones that did it. I, okay. I, you know, I didn't make that up. Okay. So, and there's certainly no love lost between the Jazz and Kobe. Or, excuse me, the Jazz and Laker fans. So it's clearly some respect for Kobe to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, Spencer, which BYU rival player, or you could even go mm. coach, do you respect the most? This is difficult because you got to give another team that you may not necessarily be a big fan of some yes. props. It is hard. In the moment, you really dislike the guy because they typically are really good and perform yes. at a high level. Yes. And for me, that guy was Eric Weddle because he could do it all for the Utes. He could punt. He could punt return. He could play defense. He could play quarterback. And he was an outstanding player his entire career. Like, he was a contributor his entire career, it felt like, at Utah. There's a reason that he was taken so early on in the draft. Was an MVP, essentially, on the defensive side of the ball for the San Diego Chargers. Multiple-time Pro Bowler. And he's still killing it. And he's a good dude on top of it all. So right now, you step back. Eric Weddle is a, is a great guy. And was a great competitor. And was a high-level athlete that caused BYU problems. So him, and then second to that would probably be Marshall Falk from San Diego State. Who you got? Uh, I'm actually going to go with Ron McBride. Ron McBride, and I think a lot of this has to do not just while he was coaching and Lavelle was coaching, but after their coaching careers. The close relationship that that Lavelle had with Ron McBride. It's kind of one of those things, if if, if you're one of Lavelle's best friends – 
probably a reason why. You're probably a pretty good dude. And, and I've had the opportunity in previous jobs. I've had the opportunity to interact with Ron McBride quite a bit. 34-31. I hate that score. Any sporting event I'm watching, <laughs> when it gets to 34-31, I just like, somebody score. Just, just get that score off my, off my screen. But yeah, Ron McBride, he's one of those guys that, you know, especially because he's the one that really started to turn things around in the rivalry in terms of the on-the-field stuff and got Utah up. And obviously Urban did what he did. But yeah, I'm going to go with Ron McBride. That's a guy that you, you, you respect. And, and again, I think a lot of it also comes down to the relationship that he and Lavelle had throughout their entire careers and after. Ronnie Mack, not surprisingly, the, when it, it's the hardest to admit the Utah guys, right? Eric it Weddle is. It's the, Ron, hardest, it's the hardest McBride. to admit. There are several fantastic responses to this question coming in on the social media platforms. And we want to hear more from you, BYUSN. This is the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Which BYU rival player or coach do you respect the most? From at YFangirl underscore JB on Twitter. Two for me, Chris Peterson, when he coached at Boise State. Now he's at Washington. BYU will face Coach Peterson this year. He's an excellent coach and creates teams that are exciting to watch. I'm excited to go to Seattle for BYU's game against the Huskies this fall. Also, Mark Few. Might as well stay in the state of Washington. <laughs> it's hard not to respect what he does every single season. Of course, the great coach of basketball at Gonzaga. I, I wonder how many Mark Fews we're going to get. <clears throat> I, I think that's probably one that we'll probably hear throughout. Uh, at Nick Lee 51 on Twitter, he agrees with you. He says, quote, I have always loved Eric Weddle. How do you not love that he, guy? He was in my ward when he played for the San Diego Chargers and, and was just a cool dude. Yes. Fit in perfectly in San Diego. He's just fun to watch. I could never hate that Ute. That's about it, though. <laughs> yeah, when I was working in Palm Springs, I'd cover the San Diego Chargers and go down to the summer camps. And <laughs> I'd always... We'd always give each other a hard time about the BYU-Utah rivalry series because we made a connection and obviously had the LDS backdrop and the rivalry. And so um, he would always say, look, even though you're a BYU guy, like he'd like <laughs> announce it to the whole locker room, yeah. even though you're a BYU guy, I'll do an interview with you. <laughs> uh, he just He's a good dude. Great family guy. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to answer our question of the day. Coming up, a behind-the-scenes look at what goes on right here at BYU Sports Nation. That's coming up in Between the Lines. Plus, I think Northern Illinois is the scariest home game that BYU has on the schedule. Perhaps their play-by-play man, Bill Baker, will help you understand my stance. Who's the best player on that team? And are they expecting to win their conference? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, returns four weeks from today, August 7th. Dave Blaine, David, and Brian will be back getting you ready for the start of the BYU football season Tuesday, August 7th, the return of AFR. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation rolling on social media. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever, however you prefer to converse with us. Answer this question if you can. Which BYU rival player or coach do you respect the most? At Grizzfather in on Twitter. Just can't bring myself to say any Utah players or coaches. And in my mind, they are our only rivals. 
So you actually didn't answer the question because was, you feel like you can't do it because Utah qualifies as the only rival. Who doesn't like Eric Weddle? Or, come on. It was difficult for me to think of any player. <laughs> <laughs> that may have been why I went with a coach. Well, <laughs> hey, Utah final game of the regular season. The opening game of the regular season is in how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 53 days. BYU at Arizona in Tucson, September 1st. 53 days away. Can you feel that, Jason? It's coming. Can you feel it? Football is in the air, and we are discussing college football right now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline with Northern Illinois play-by-play man Bill Baker. Somewhere in the middle of the BYU season, the Huskies will visit Provo, Utah. BYU will return that game later on. Bill, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, Spencer. Thanks so much. Good to be here. According to Las Vegas Superbook, Bill, Northern Illinois has the best odds to win the MAC. And honestly speaking, Bill... This team scares the heck out of me coming to Provo because I think that they are largely undervalued and largely underrated basically on an annual basis. Now, we'll get into more of that, but are the expectations for NIU within the community in Illinois to win the conference this season? Well, let me go back to your comment about Las Vegas. First of all, they also had the New England Patriots winning the Super Bowl. (laughs) I mean, right there... You know, there, there, there's a credibility question in that thing. And, uh, and yeah, you know, guys, here, here's the thing. We're talking about a game that's, uh, that's going to take place on, on October the 27th. It, you know, to say that uh, the community and, and, you know, the northern Illinois area is, uh, is excited would be an understatement. Certainly, this is a, this is a kind of a feather with a cap game. This is, this is what we call the boneyard game. You beat a, you beat an FBS, uh, opponent, uh, either from a major conference, a gear case, a major independent, and you, know, you go bury something in the boneyard from, from that game. They did it last year against uh, Nebraska. But, yeah, there's so much that has to happen between now and then. I mean, you haven't even begun fall camp yet. A lot of people don't realize the comings and goings in the program, yours and ours, you know, over the span of what's a very long spring and summer. And, and then you're going to have, what is it, uh, Eight games, maybe, before we actually get together. Seven or eight games, and a lot can happen in their personnel-wise. But uh, yeah, it's a game that I think everybody is certainly looking forward to. Bill, we spend so much time talking about how difficult BYU's schedule is, especially to start the season against the P5 teams. Northern Illinois is playing a very difficult schedule as well. At Iowa versus Utah, at BYU, at Florida State. Why the emphasis on bolstering the non-conference schedule? Well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, we had a brand-new athletic director. He's not new anymore. He's been here five years, uh, who came in. And, and one of the first things I think a lot of the, of the fandom around uh, the uh, the northern Illinois area did was kind of jump at him and say, hey, we want to see somebody other than, and this is to take nothing away from any of the schools I named, but other than a Murray State, other than uh, and a Liberty University, or uh, and a couple of others that come in on the, uh, the non-conference schedule, they want to see some of these major clubs in it. And he set things out in motion about five years ago, and he called it Schedule Palooza and BYU, and and then your your not so friendly buddies up the road, Utah, and he answered the the call in San Diego State and uh, South Florida, Vanderbilt. These are clubs in Maryland. These are clubs that uh, he's worked home and home agreements with, and uh, you know, the schedule has turned, and and now it's uh, going to be Utah and uh, and BYU, and in the same year we've got uh, the Utah Lincoln game number two, but. 
here's the deal. This schedule wasn't supposed to be that difficult. We had uh, we had either an FCS or uh, another FBS uh, lined up in there. And it's been well documented, uh, you know, about the state of Illinois and the funding problems. And to make a long story short, uh, FSU offered $1.6 bucks to come down and play them. So, yeah, you, you adjusted your schedule. I think we traded them for Idaho, so go figure. And, uh, and you're going to go into Tallahassee. It's going to give you three out of your four non-conference games. But and those are 1.6 million pretty good reasons why yeah. you're going to go ahead and play the game. Uh, yeah, we know so, all, like we know say, all about that. It wasn't supposed to be this difficult, but that's the way it turned out. Yeah, and just imagine getting a win in that scenario. You get paid $1.6 million and you pull off an upset. That makes it uh, you know, an unforgettable experience. Bill Baker, the Northern Illinois play-by-play man with us on BYU Sports Nation. What's the overall idea and, I guess, reception of BYU football within the Northern Illinois football community based on the Cougars going 4-9 and nine last season? Okay, well, first of all, you guys, like I said before, we play you a little bit further into the schedule than we do most non-conference uh, opponents. So I haven't had a check, uh, had a chance to really check it and look and see a, a lot of what's what's going on with BYU. And I don't know how much the fandom has, but I can, I can tell you this. Two years ago, uh, you guys had Toledo out your way. I think you go back to Toledo. Is it this year or next year? Next, next year, season, maybe. yeah. Next season, yeah. And that was a shootout. And it, it's, it has been over the past decade. It's been NIU and Toledo for the top spot of the Mid-American uh, Western Division. Western Michigan kind of stuck in there for one year with their, their Cotton Bowl year and, and, and had a tremendous uh, uh, season under P.J. Fleck, who was rewarded one of Minnesota's their head coach. He's a former Husky receiver, nonetheless. So, you know, the ties are tight around the, the Mid-American Conference. We know what kind of a program Toledo has, and we saw the shootout that, you know, you guys had with them. Last year, the closest thing you got to the back was a former back member. I think it was your final game of the year. You went and launched it uh, at UMass. They've been out of the league maybe four years now, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But I did get a chance to look at some of the numbers, and I did notice that uh, all four of the people that took a snap at quarterback were underclassmen for you guys last year. Your, uh, your top three running backs were underclassmen. Your top three, four receivers were underclassmen. By that, I mean... Last year, there were freshmen and sophomores and a couple of juniors sprinkled in there. So youth is, uh, is the reason. Youth, I think, and some inexperience, why the, uh, the Cougars finished the way they did. And, and I think that was an aberration, quite honestly. I don't think you're going to see that going forward. Sometimes you just have to rebuild, and sometimes you have to reload, and you get caught between a rock and a hard place. And I think that's what happened to BYU. It's interesting. Last year was an injury plague season. A quarterback, it looks like that's been solidified with, with Childers. The defense brings back almost everybody from a dominant uh, defense last season. We talked earlier about expectations. With with all of those pieces coming back, and I realize you still have to go through fall camp and every, in several games, but is this a team that expects to win every game they play, regardless of where they're playing, including playing at Provo and all these plays? Is this a team that's walking into this season confident, expecting to win no matter where they are? You know, some of that is bravado, guys, but, uh, but yeah, I think any football team in the country is going to tell you, yeah, we expect to win anytime we go out there. Now, how much of that actually transpires with, you know, we expected to win at Nebraska last year and, and did. I mean, quite honestly, came in there with a record of one and one and, and beat the Cornhusters. Were they the Nebraska of old? Not really, but you go and you win in front of 90 some thousand fans and in their house, and that's a, that's a boneyard win, without a doubt. So, yeah, I, they, they expect to win. They certainly want to win. 
every game that, that you play. And with uh, with desire, certainly you got you've got to have a pretty good degree of expectation to uh, to go along with that. And you know, and then you know, it's all rooted in confidence. I mean, bottom line is you got to feel confident in what you're doing, uh, what you're able to do offensively, defensively, in, in special teams, experience. There are a lot of a lot of different spokes in the wheel of success, and, uh, and those are two of them. But expectation certainly has to be right there. Bill, it's great to talk to you. We appreciate the insight into Northern Illinois football, and uh, we figure that the Huskies will be right there again competing for a MAC title. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, guys. Best of luck to you until we show up in town. How's that? Sounds good. We'll see you in October. Absolutely. Take care, guys. Bill Baker on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I really think that this team... If they don't win the MAC, they'll be right there. And if Toledo didn't scare BYU fans a couple of years ago, then I don't know what's going to wake you up to the top level teams in the MAC. Like they can play. They ex- Blaine Fowler said it really well yesterday. If you compare this team to Cal, because we're looking at tough home games, they're not going to have the speed and the overall talent that Cal has. But they have such great coaches. The program overall is so well run that they can execute you to the point where. They just overwhelm you. I mean, they just wear you down because they're so consistent. They don't make a ton of mistakes. They're well coached. This team, this team frightens me a little bit because they're well prepared. Yes, they're very good, and especially after last year, BYU is not going to overlook anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. Not going to overlook anybody. Coming up, Maverick Buffo and his flowing hair looked pretty impressive in his debut in Florida last night. He'll join us later in this program. Uh, yes, he's got the Tim Linscombe hair going currently. <laughs> And Between the Lines gives you a look into what makes BYU Sports Nation tick. I promise you, you haven't examined BYUSN from this angle. Lauren Frankham has the good stuff next. BYU Sports Nation continues live from Studio B. Welcome back. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard hanging out in Radio Vision. Whether you're listening on BYU Radio, podcast, watching on BYU TV, we just love that you're involved somehow. And we're also on demand anytime, anywhere. Without further ado, Jason, how about some BYU Sports Nation headlines? Ah, yes. Eric Mika has a new professional basketball home. He'll return to Italy for a second professional season. Same league, but a better team. He signed a one-year deal with Brescia Basket Leonessa, a team that has qualified for the Euro Cup. So not only will he play in Italy, but he'll compete against some of the best teams over all of Europe. Well done, Eric Mika. Kyle Collinsworth played 19 minutes, scoring two points, grabbing six rebounds, and dishing out four assists for the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA Summer League in Vegas. Also in Summer League action, Elijah Bryant played three minutes and finished with three points and a steal for the Philadelphia 76ers. Maverick Buffo will join us later in the program. Was just promoted to single-A advanced baseball, playing for the Dunedin Blue Jays, part of the Toronto Blue Jays organization. In his first start, throws eight scoreless innings. Gives up just three hits, struck out five, walked one in a shutout win, seven to nothing over the Clearwater Threshers. That's what you call dominating in a debut. And BYU track and field head coach Ed Eyestone has promoted Diljeet Taylor to associate head track and field coach. Congratulations to Diljeet. Have you ever wondered what goes into the madness of making BYU Sports Nation go on a day-to-day basis? Even if you haven't, we're going to take you there, okay? <laughs> Even if it's a question you've never asked. <laughs> but in all seriousness, so many moving parts and so many 
prominent figures that you might not know about. We're going to dive into that as we go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. We like to answer a lot of questions that people have never asked before. But we followed around Ben Bagley one morning, who was the producer of BYU Sports Nation. We picked his brain as he took us behind the scenes and showed us what really goes into getting this show ready for the air each and every day. Take it away, Ben. We meet at 7.30 in the morning. We meet with the students first. I, with the students, we go over headlines. What's the biggest news in BYU sports that day, whether it's teams on campus, players on campus. Um, the nice thing about this show is we get to work with students who have good ideas. And it's my job to kind of work with them on those ideas. What else we got? Tomorrow's the 4th of July. Yes, it is. So I like where you're going. You're tying in the patriotic theme. Go. <laughs> Pitch me the ideas, we try to get them better. We look at, here's the ideas we've got on the table, and then we kind of massage them, make them the best topic ideas we can get, and then we got a show. we got an A block, and we can go from there. What else? Any other ideas, guys? So, there's a new Jurassic Park. Well, it's not like, it's what we we get. Jurassic Park, Park 25. These meetings are fun, because... I want it to be that way. The show's fun. It's about the personality of BYU sports. I kind of portrayed through these guys. So I want these meetings to be fun. We joke around. Uh, we kid with each other. And sometimes that spawns some great ideas. That's kind of the whole purpose. It's a creative process. And you can't do the creative process if you're too serious. In the professional ranks, sometimes we get jaded. But with the students, it's fun because they're like, What's going on next? This is great. More sports. Let's do it. Da, da, da. And that enthusiasm, that energy translates to us. Uh, Elijah Bryant confirmed to me after the show yesterday that he is on the summer league team for Philadelphia. At 8 o'clock, the talent comes in. Uh, Jerem and Jason today. And we talk about, okay, here's our headlines. Here's our guest lineup. Here's what we're doing today on the show. The rest of it's just, hey, now we're just kind of ironing out the wrinkles. So we're talking about the greatest rivalry moment with each or of all three rivals. Can you hear Jason at the end of that, or is it mm. too quiet? <laughs> all right, I'm a loud talker. Each show consists of a couple of different student positions. We've got a font producer. Their job is to create graphics. Any graphic you see going up on the screen during BYU Sports Nation, created by one of our students. Uh, we've got a line producer. They basically, once the show starts, they're running the ship. We've done all the, all the preparation and getting things ready, but once the show starts, that line producer, they're running the show. We've got some social media producers, and they run our Twitter and our Instagram accounts. We've also got an editor uh, who creates the video components of the show. And also during the show, they're the ones that are clipping off the little video highlights and sending them out on Twitter as well. There's also position AD, and they're in charge of scripting. They're the ones that are typing up the headlines. They're also in charge of making sure all the video components are where they need to be. So... Lots of different bodies and lots of different positions going to creating the show like Beale Sports Nation. They'll ever do. What's the best red, white, and blue moment in Cougar sports history? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. The best part of working with BYU Sports Nation is it's never the same any day. And I don't know that that's unique to BYU Sports Nation. That's just the job we live. What we're doing sports or news every day. One day it's a BYU win and everybody's excited. The next day it's a BYU loss and we're like, oh no, what went wrong? 
Uh, you get to meet so many different personalities and so many different angles with the athletes, the coaches, but also with the students we work with. The crew we work with is it's great, and it's fun to watch the passion of this next generation of student sports journalists. Those are my two favorite things about working on Beer Sports Nation. Well, thank you, Ben. Hey, you made it on TV. So did you see that? Did you see yourself I, I did, on there? I did see that. I, yeah, that was uh, exciting. Wait, are you telling me there are cameras in this building? Yep. <laughs> you would never know. I am shocked that Ben Bagley didn't say his two favorite reasons for working on BYU Sports Nation are Spencer Linton and Jeremy <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> I can tell you why he didn't say those are his favorite things. All right, and next we week. We get into that. If that wasn't riveting content for you enough, next week on Between the Lines, we are going to battle it out on the dance floor with Corbin Kafusi. Luke Worthington, and Sabrina Macias with members of the BYU ballroom team. They're going to see what moves they have on the dance floor. Listen, Corbin Kafusi, can, he can roll, man. That, that no, dude I has know. some mojo. He does. I, I'm not kidding. During like, the web chats, he, he, that was, Bronson said that's one of Corbin's hidden talents. So at, we're like, oh, we're doing that. At 6'10", 285 pounds or whatever he is right now, that guy is move. fluid on the dance floor. It's crazy. Are guys going to be? Are, are people going to be like dressed up like ballroom dance style? Or I mean, semi. Probably not sparkly outfits and such. Those are tucked away somewhere at BYU. But uh, Lauren, let's get on that. Let's be, the more sequins, let's, the better. Let's bedazzle know, those true. tuxes. I'll bring some. I'll pin it on. <laughs> the more sequins, the better. <laughs> Period. At the end. Thank you so much. That was Thanks, great. guys. All righty, Lauren Frankham, always fabulous. Lauren Frankham McLean, I should say. There I've, it is. I've never made that there mistake. It is. No. That's like number Old 17. Old habits never die. Why'd you have it's to get right. married and ruin it all? Gosh. Someone Stevie said that. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Steve McLean, star of Die Hard 12. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wish we'd have a lot more money than we do now. <laughs> the oh, Die Hard money coming stuff. in. Good That's stuff. right. All right, Lauren Frankham McLean with Between the Lines. Our question of the day on social media is which BYU rival player or coach do you respect the most? At BubbleNet on Twitter says, my favorite rival coach is mm. Kalani Satake. Is BubbleNet not a BYU fan? <laughs> I guess maybe maybe he or she is, is saying because he was at Utah. Uh, yeah, That's how I, I'm interpreting okay, that. Okay. I still have to share with you my Las Vegas story as well about what never to do with your child in a casino. Okay? We'll, okay. We'll save that for just a little bit later. That will be the uh, BYU Sports Nation after show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Live on Facebook Live. <laughs> yes. Coming up, a pair of former Cougars hit the court in the NBA Summer League. See who was in action last night and what they did. And fresh off his latest promotion. Maverick Buffo of the Dundon or Dundon Blue Jays. I guess we can find that out. Dundon. Dundon, okay. He's in the Florida State League. Is going to join us once again to talk about the move to his new team and how he pulled off that debut dominance. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, returns four weeks from today. That would be Tuesday, August 7th. 
Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan will be back getting you ready for the start of the BYU football season. That is, again, Tuesday, August 7th, the return of AFR. Shouldn't it be Brian Logan, David Nixon first, as you announced that, and then Dave McCann I'm and fine, Blaine Fowler? I'm fine, yeah. I yeah. thought that was the contractual agreement we had with Brian Logan. Yeah, but Dave slips me a like a, like a 10 spot. He doesn't. Wow. He doesn't. I saw Dave and and Blaine actually. You go to Vegas and your light falls apart, Jason. <laughs> oh, good grief. No. Taking your kid through casinos and going to the it was sports just place. It was just to get to the other side to go to Eminem World. Taking we had to walk bribes through. from Dave McCann? I saw Dave and Blaine at the gym yesterday. Good gravy. Both staying healthy. Okay, quick Vegas story before we get to Maverick Buffo. Yes. My marketing teacher in high school, fantastic woman named Mitzi Jepson. Okay? She said... <laughs> I learned my lesson in Las Vegas with my children long ago when one of my kids said, hey, let's play one of the slot machines. And she said, no, because guess what happens? You put your money in there and you don't get it back. Oh, no. Throws in a quarter into a slot machine, out comes 50 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) So her kid's like, let's do that every time. (laughs) And that child now has a gambling problem. (laughs) Just don't. Just don't. Don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> don't do it you're trying to set an example and you come away with fifty dollars yes hey speaking of setting an example maverick buffo is doing that for all of his teammates as a member of the dunedin blue jays class a advanced baseball he's now in the florida state league and once again back on the program because he's pitching really well on the deseret first credit union hotline is maverick buffo mav welcome back hey thanks for having me guys Congratulations on uh, quite the debut. Eight innings, three hits, no earned runs, five strikeouts. Should we be impressed with that, Maverick? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm impressed by it. It was pretty fun. Uh, pretty cool experience for sure. A uh, lot, lot different than the Midwest League, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Mav, I'm not sure what I'm more impressed with. The stats you put up yesterday or the hair? Like what's uh like are you are you going with I'm gonna try and get this as long as I possibly can what's uh what's the deal with the flowing mane? I don't know, man. I've just kind of been growing it and pitching well, so I'm kind of staying with it and and kind of going until I guess until someone tells me to cut it. <laughs> Is this your new thing? I mean, it was hat stacking at BYU because obviously you couldn't grow your hair out while you played for the Y, but. Now, now you've got this flowing mane going. Is is this the new superstitious thing? It kind of is, honestly. My mom's told me to cut it, man, I don't know how many times over the past few months. But my mom, my dad, I think every time I talk to them, they're like, are you going to cut your hair? And I don't think it's coming anytime soon. So what were your thoughts when you got the news that you were being promoted? Um, Man, I mean... It was kind of it kind of was all happened kind of fast. Uh, I was actually in the middle of a, a lift and way to go. Uh, my pitching coach came in and was like, "Hey, when you're done, uh, we need to meet." Um, I initially thought it was he wanted to talk about my outing from the night before because uh, that morning I asked if we could kind of go over some things. And so he came in there and he said, "Hey, when you're done, come in come in my office." And I went in there and all the coaches were like. Um, you've you've just earned yourself a promotion to Florida, and I mean, I kind of didn't know what to think. I mean, it was kind of all kind of crazy, kind of fast. I was still thinking about the night before and and how to get ready for the next start. And man, I, I mean, even now, even after yesterday, it hasn't really kind of set in. I've just got settled in a new house and 
kind of things have been a little crazy over the, the past week, but, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Which city in Florida are you living in right now? I live in Clearwater right now. And the team you play for, we've got some elite members of BYU Sports Nation chiming in on social media saying it's Dunny Dunn or it's Dundon. How do you say your team name? Dunedin. Dunedin. It's Dunedin. Dunedin. It's we were so far off. Dunedin. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Maverick, for teaching us something today. <laughs> you, you know who you may run into? I believe Hulk Hogan lives in Clearwater, Florida. You may try and see if you can, uh, can uh, hook up with the Hogan family. For sure, I try and lift with them. That's, that's what I'm sure. saying. You go get a lift in with Hulk Hogan? I mean, how great would that be? So so what type of feedback has the organization given you in terms of your future with the Blue Jays? I mean, how long do you expect to be in Florida? I guess a lot of that will depend on your performance, and certainly if you continue with the way you're going, you'll be promoted again. But what has the feedback been within the organization regarding your future? I mean, in all honesty, it's – I mean, it's – I mean, you could hear something new every day. I mean, you never know. But um, like I said, just got promoted here and, and just have been told to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to lead by example. I try and, uh, you know, stay up top and, and working as a, a leader, as a good person on and off the field and, and working in, in the weight room and trying to just exceed expectations that way. And just since day one, since the draft, I mean, I've just been trying to really make a – make a name for myself and, and kind of show guys I, I mean business when I'm here and, and showing them that I really want this and I'm here to compete. And that's just kind of the feedback I have of that they love what I'm doing and just trying to stay with it and, and go from there and kind of live in the now rather than so much in what can happen in the future or what ifs and stuff. It's just really just trying to take it day by day, trying to get better and trying to improve and just and just keep going off of that. He has one of the best names in baseball and now one of the best mains in baseball, playing for the Class A Advance Dunedin Blue Jays. Did I say that right, Mav? Yep, you got it. All right, let's go. Living in Clearwater, Florida now and uh, trying to advance his baseball career, as are many of your former BYU teammates. How much contact do you have with your former coaches and teammates, especially those guys that are, are kind of in the same boat as you trying to make it to the big leagues? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I stay in contact with a lot of them. Um, I got a lot of texts and phone calls from, from some of the guys that played with. And, and still, I mean, I talk with Lund. I mean, Lund had a heck of a game the other night. And, I mean, I, I talk with Bronson probably every other day. Um, I mean, we went through a lot together. So, I mean, I stay in contact with quite a bit of the guys. So. Mav, we're thrilled for you, man, and uh, couldn't be more excited about uh, what lies ahead for you in your baseball career. We wish you continued success, and we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. You got a Maverick Buffalo. Good job, Mav. Dunedin Blue Jays. Yeah, I'm, and I'm glad that you said that again because I had already forgotten how to pronounce <laughs> it. I think I went through like three different ways to say it, and it was not that one. It's not Dunedin. It's not Dunedin. It's Dunedin. 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 There All you right. go. On the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, some Cougars in the minors have been tearing it up lately. We just talked to one of them. It's not just what they're hitting either. We'll talk about it. And our BYU Sports Nation World Cup official team, Croatia, still going strong. But is the karma enough to help the Croats take down a red-hot English national team who feels like the cup is coming home? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. 
for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Bill Baker, the play-by-play man for the Northern Illinois. Or Northern, I just said, I just said <laughs> Illinois. Oh my goodness. I'm not talking the rest of the show. Wow. Okay, maybe I have to talk the rest of the show. That would not be good for the show if you just went radio silent. What I was trying to say is Northern Illinois Huskies football program. Wow. Wow. That might be the all-time low moment I've had on live radio. <laughs> Oh. Also talked with Maverick Buffalo yeah. from the Dunedin Blue Jays <laughs> in Florida. Illinois, Illinois. and Dunedin from uh, in Florida. Uh, if you missed the show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. <laughs> it's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NBA. Kyle Collinsworth played 19 minutes, scoring two points, grabbing six rebounds, and dishing out four assists for the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA Summer League in Vegas. And Elijah Bryant played three minutes, scored three points, shooting one for two from the three-point line and had a steal for the 76ers in NBA Summer League ball. Cougars overseas. Eric Mika will return to Italy for a second pro basketball season. It will be in the same league, but the much more accomplished bracket Brescia Leonessa team on a one-year deal. There you go. Thank you. Cougars in the minors. Adam Law won for three with an RBI and a run scored in the Tacoma Rainiers 8-6 win over the Albuquerque Isotopes. Law batting 333 at the triple-A level. Brennan Lund went one for three with an RBI, a walk, and a stolen base in the Mobile Bay Bears 8-2 win over the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Lund has 18 stolen bases on the year, tied for fourth in the Southern League. Maverick Buffo just spoke with him, promoted to single-A advanced ball in the Dunedin Blue Jays, uh, part of the Blue Jays uh, organization. His first start, eight scoreless innings, surrendered only three hits, struck out five, walking just one in a Blue Jays 7 to nothing win over the Clearwater Threshers. Track and field. BYU track and field head coach Ed Eyestone has promoted Diljeet Taylor to associate head track and field coach. Congratulations to Diljeet. As a reminder, Croatia, England. That goes down tomorrow. The World Cup is down to four teams. We will definitely keep you updated on our official BYU Sports Nation World Cup team, Team Croatia. Today's Rise and Shout, brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jason, who deserves it today? How about to the uh, the search and rescue crews who helped rescue the 12 players and the coach from a cave in Thailand? Incredible. They were stuck in the cave for 18 days. They are out. They get the Rise and Shout. That's, sure. an, that's an incredible story. Uh, just so cool. Well done. Our elite voice of the day. Answering the question, which BYU individual rival player or coach do you respect the most? At Jake Kemp says, I'm going to save the entire Utah secondary from the 2007 season. Takes guts to leave Austin Colley that wide open on fourth and 18. I respect and appreciate the sheer tenacity he had to take that chance. Well done, Jake Kemp. <laughs> Shout out to Bill Happy for Jason M. Spencer. See you tomorrow.